coming off the top of the cage it is the top of the cage podcast i am billy along with my co-host justin juice cannon juice are you excited for our special episode we have coming up tonight yeah this is gonna be a great one uh, we have a uh, chaotic wrestling legend chase Damonte. If you're not familiar with uh, chaotic wrestling, um, it's where Sasha Banks has come from. Dominic Dajakovic, who you might know as T-Bar now, just awful name. <laughs> and this wrestler has even wrestled uh, Dajakovic, and uh, he had a little chuckle at the T-Bar name as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, countless others, including Oni Lorcan, and uh, just so many other guys who come out, uh, guys who are current wrestling and um. A little legend. So um, we're excited for this. It's going to be a great interview. So if you're a chaotic wrestling fan, you'll like it. And if you're not, I think you'll still enjoy it. It was a really fun interview. Yeah, it was It was so good. In fact, I just sat and listened to you and him talk. I, I'm telling you, you guys are going to be very impressed. I, I got my shit in at the end. Don't worry. But no, uh, yeah, Juice, Juice really took over this conversation. I Like I said to him uh, offline, I was very impressed with it. <laughs> right now, we're going to talk a little bit about Dynamite on our last episode. We talked about uh, Sammy Guevara's upcoming match and against uh, Miro, which happened last night. So it's, it's Thursday right now. Happened Wednesday on Dynamite. It's TNT Championship, Miro versus Sammy Guevara. And uh, on the podcast on our last episode, I said I had Miro winning, but I was rooting for Sammy. And Sammy pulled out the win. It was a great match. Um, they had a tremendous-looking Spanish fly. Yeah, and they told a great story. Fuego the Soul got involved. Fuego the Soul is definitely going to get a new car. This is, it was a fun match to watch. Sammy got his moment. The young, the young stud, he was our young stud spotlight. Billy, what were your takeaways from the match and um, just Sammy winning the TNT title? Were you shocked? I was definitely shocked. Like you, I also said, uh, I don't see Miro losing here. I definitely expected God's favorite champion to have a very long reign with that TNT title, but I, nonetheless, I'm so excited. Uh, I think that, you know, the end, the post-match celebration was really cool to see too. You could tell that a lot of the roster had been really supportive of Sammy and, you know, his venture to wrestling and venture to AEW specifically. And the story, like you said, the story they told was really good. Um, you know, I, I think that, or what I'm hoping is that they tell a more broad story the Redeemer is coming to redeem, and I am excited to see what happens with Sammy Guevara's reign. I think that in a rematch with Miro, he probably would win. I know AEW doesn't necessarily do championship rematches or anything like that, but this could be a story where I could see, you know, Miro coming pretty hot off top and uh, them having a banger in a rematch. Yeah, I kind of hope they carry out because I felt like during Miro's reign, um, they didn't have a lot for him to do, and they just like did a lot of just um, him doing the, the promos, talking about his hot wife and title, which will work. I liked, but um, it seems like they didn't know what direction to take it, and they didn't give him that many feuds. So now I think I just think maybe he'll take a back seat. I hope that's not the case, and I hope this feud actually extends. I hope they keep going at it because that was a great match, and that was only like twelve minutes. So I'd like to see these guys go at it again even longer maybe at full gear. That was a blast. That was great. I'm so happy Sammy won. Congratulations, Sammy Guevara. You should totally just come on the pod and talk about your victory. I think that ends um, the Dynamite talk. 
So next we'll next up is the interview with Chase Tamaki. So uh, stay stay with us for that. That'll be awesome. Yes, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, we have some cool announcements, which we will go more into in our outro for the interview here, but we won't keep you waiting any longer. Here is our, maybe we'll call it Juices, interview with Chase Del Monte. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Top of the Cage podcast. Uh, this is a special episode. We got a special guest for an interview. If you're a fan of chaotic wrestling, I think you'll dig dig this one. Uh, I have Chase Del Monte, uh, three time. He is from Lowell, Massachusetts. He's a three time chaotic wrestling heavyweight champion, a three time New England chaotic wrestling champion, and a chaotic wrestling tag team champ. He's the owner and trader of trainer of New England Pro Wrestling Academy that has uh, boasted graduate class of um includes Kofi Kingston, uh, Sasha Banks, Tommaso Ciampa, Dominic Dajakovic, who was Donovan Dajic, and uh, so many others. And he also, well, he is the owner and booker of Chaotic Wrestling, which you can watch on Twitch on, uh, is it just Thursdays? Thursdays at 8 p.m. Thursdays at 8 p.m. on Twitch, Chaotic Wrestling, you can watch past stuff. You can subscribe. I recommend you subscribe. And uh, Chase, how you doing? How was uh, how was class? Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Another uh, rousing class here at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, getting the next generation ready for the big time. The main thing we wanted to talk about tonight was uh, next Friday, you got a big show in Tewksbury, Massachusetts, Haunting in Tewksbury, and uh, you're hosting. The main event is going to be Ace Austin, well, I don't know if it's the main event, but it is a big match card. It's um, Brad Cashew versus Ace Austin from Impact, who just wrestled Christian Cage. So it's a big, big, a really good name on the show. And then Brad Cashew is a great champion for you. He's the New England Chaotic Wrestling Champion. Um, how excited are you for the event? I'm pumped. Uh, Ace actually did a show for us back in, I think it was like 2016, 2017. He actually came in for one of our chaotic countdowns. Uh, you know, he was obviously uh, about five or six years younger at the point. Uh, he was just kind of just getting out there, uh, just kind of finding himself, uh, you know, being from Ohio, he doesn't get to the New England area that much. You know, uh, we've kind of stayed in touch lightly uh, throughout the years, trying to work some things out. And, you know, I couldn't be happier for all his success. And, you know, I mean, it's one of the great things about, you know, being a promoter and uh, having all these experiences, you know, as a wrestler and kind of, you know, back when he did uh, come in the first time, I was just a wrestler for Chaotic. Uh, I was doing some of the booking then as well. So I kind of got him uh, his foot in the door and it's nice to kind of see, you know, how far he's come uh, and now to bring him back after he's done all these things now where he was just kind of like, you know, a body in our Royal Rumble match. Now he's, you know, again, wrestling for the Impact title, former X Division champion uh, to come in now with a little bit more of star power and work with, you know, one of our top guys and uh, Brad Cashew for our New England title. You know, it's a real nice full circle moment and uh, I can't wait to watch the match. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll be the actual, you know, last match main event, but uh, a match of that quality is a main event on any show. Definitely main event quality. And um, do you think their styles will uh, blend and work really well? Ace Austin's known as a high flyer, exciting wrestler. And Brad also has a really exciting style. So it seems like it should blend really well. 
Yeah. I mean, styles make fights. Um, you know, I think they both have a nice, really uh, well-rounded game. You know, I think where Ace has more of kind of a, a high-flying kind of base, you know, they both have a lot of striking capabilities. I think uh, Brad has a lot more of a ground kind of wrestling base uh, coming from his experience as an amateur wrestler. Uh, Ace being a little bit smaller, kind of flying around. I mean, I think they really complement each other well. And I mean, I think it's going to be an absolute banger, as the kids call it. So for Ace Austin, he's an impact. He is that that heel. He travels out of uh, Madman Fulton. Is he going to be a heel in this matchup? Is anyone from your promotion going to be a big heavy that helps him cheat, or is he just solo for this? I mean, come on, you got to come to Tuxbury and find out for yourself. I like to give, uh, you know, when people come in and they work for Chaotic, uh, I really like to give them a lot of uh, leeway and freedom. Uh, you know, sometimes you'll, what I don't like guys to do is try to force either way. You know, if our crowd is happy to see him and they're cheering him, the last thing I want a guy to do is kind of go out there and start yelling at people and sort of like, you know, force a square peg into a round hole. Uh, you know, if the people want to pop for him and, you know, let him pop, let, let them enjoy it. You know, he's coming in, uh, he's a great talent, you know, and, uh, he's getting his name out there. So if the people are there and ready for him, you know, I'd rather him embrace what the people are going for, you know, at the same time, if he wants to be a strong heel and he's, uh, you know, <laughs> wants to get booed out of the building and he's confident he can do it. Hell, there's no, no one who loves being a heel more than I do. So I'll, I'll be sure to let that happen. But again, I think, you know, the, again, styles make fights. So it's kind of what those guys uh, want to make and kind of get out of their match, how they feel like they gel with one another and kind of see what happens out there. That's some of the fun of it. Going back to the Brad, the other person in this matchup, seems like he's been fighting a lot of like high, like higher profile wrestlers, like uh, Ace Austin, uh, Bear Bronson recently. Son Limitless, I think he was in a four-way match that included Lee Moriarty. Um, so he's been wrestling a lot of big guys. You guys have a lot of trust in uh, Brad Cash and what he can do for you? Absolutely. Um, you know, since I've taken over the uh, New England Pro Wrestling Academy, there is absolutely not a single person here at the school who uh, works harder, um, you know, is here more often, uh, probably, uh, let alone, you know, but the only exception is probably me. Um, but he's always here. He's always helping out. He's always working on something. He's always trying to improve some kind of his game. Uh, he's always looking for holes in his game to then try and improve on those things. Uh, what you see a lot of times is after a couple of years, people can sometimes get comfortable, you know, and they rely on kind of the tricks that got them here so far and just kind of like, you know, that's where people tend to stagnate and plateau. Uh, I think he's got a firm eye on that and it's constantly like you know looking for what else he can do what else can he add you know uh, instead of just you know again wrestling wrestlers can sometimes rely on like their greatest hits uh, five moves of doom <laughs> as people uh, sometimes call it and then just like you know stick to those things um, you know he's very interested in kind of again just adapting his game learning more uh, working you know again somebody like Bear Bronson uh, who's going to be a completely different opponent than uh, Ace Austin to a completely different opponent than Alec Price that he worked at uh, Summer Chaos. You know, there's just all those kind of different things and you can learn from each person. And as long as you're open and continuing to work, I mean, the sky's really the limit. And I think, you know, that goes for Brad as well. I think, you know, really uh, his only limit is how far he wants to go and how far he can reach. Yeah, make sure that everyone that tune in to uh, Haunting in Tixbury, watch that. Uh, go to the show if you're in Mass. Um, is, it, is it streaming live too or no? We do not stream live. So the show will be uh, broadcast, though, on Twitch. Uh, we usually break them up into two pieces. So uh, the next piece of the show will air. The, the first piece of the show will air the Thursday after uh, 14th, October 14th. The first piece of the show will air. Then the 21st, uh, the second part of the show will air. And then usually going into the show, we add some sort of recap package, old footage on Twitch.
yeah, so make sure October 14th and October uh, 20th to watch part one and two of those on Twitch at Chaotic Wrestling. Another match, I only seen so far one other match announced, and it was um, the, uh, your champ, your world title match, the Chaotic Heavyweight Championship. It's uh, Devian versus Henry. Ant- uh, sorry, Henry. he's a big name too. Anthony Henry? Anthony Green. <laughs> Anthony Green. Okay, Anthony Green. Uh, guy was just in NXT and he just showed up on Dynamite last night. And he's he's from he's a chaotic born guy too, right? Yep, chaotic born and bred. So it's great to have him back. Is he back on the roster? Or? Oh, 100 percent You know, I kind of joked around with AG when he came back. Uh, you know, obviously I wish the uh circumstances of why he was back was different. Uh, you know, nobody wants to lose their dream job. But on the chaotic side of the fence, I mean. I couldn't be happier to have him back. AG is, you know, one of the guys that you'll never find somebody uh, to say a bad word about. Um, he's, you know, he comes to the school when he's up here. Uh, he's constantly helping out with the kids. Um, you know, he's off, you know, if he's on a different show and there's opening spots, he's asking, you know, some of the students to come along and help and try to get them some matches. Uh, and that's just always been his way. He's always looking out for others. I mean, he's someone who started as a referee and then transitioned into a wrestler. And then, you know, he's really gone through it all. So he knows what it's like to be in those kind of you know uh those young kid shoes looking to how to get onto a show and he really does you know pay it forward and kind of you know uh bring people along with him uh you know i couldn't uh couldn't be happier to have him back and as i told him as soon as he was uh let go as soon as you can get to my shows i will have you anytime i can have you it makes sense it, it i know it sounds like i'm not that familiar with him since i messed up his name but i i am i, I remember my one of the a couple years ago one of the first like live shows i went to in a long time uh, he was he was on it was evolve and I just noticed this guy's like charisma right away and his uh, wrestling ability and uh, his heel work was just great. I'm like, yeah, this guy's definitely gonna be on on the big show soon and got signed to NXT like six months later. Oh, but I think it was a year later. From where I'm thinking, but um, yeah. As I told, I told, you know, uh, AG again, when he came out, uh, came back, you know, I told him, uh, I think getting released is the best thing that could happen to him. I don't think he would have been as valued for as valuable as he is in the WWE, just for the way he was brought in, the way he was being used on 205 Live and things like that. I mean, they certainly had confidence in his work um, from the people he was kind of put with, but I don't think they saw the star potential, you know, since he's been uh, released and, you know, back out on the indies. I mean, it's hard to find, uh, you know, anyone who's had a bad match with uh, with Anthony, um, you know, now showing up on AE, uh, AEW, being in the ring, taking a death drop from Sting. I mean, that kind of just shows you right there as somebody uh, non-contracted and there, uh, you know, as an outside guy to be put into, you know, a, you know, a main event spot with a legend like Sting. It shows the uh, confidence that they have in him. Uh, you know, I mean, they have a, a very large roster as is, you know, anybody could have been selected for that spot. The fact that they chose him, uh, you know, just shows he's a reliable guy that, you know, will get the job done. And, you know, sometimes in wrestling, there can't be any fo- uh, higher form of a uh, compliment. I know we got to go to the show and, and find out, and I do plan on going to the show, but are there any other matches you can uh, share with us that are left to, yet, yet to be announced? 
Let's see. I mean, I can't give you any spoilers, of course, but uh, you can, you know, you can rest assured. Uh, again, we do have the main event. Anthony Green versus Davey N will uh, be having a rematch for the heavyweight title. Um, that match kind of got, you know, thrown together when uh, Paul London got injured and had to pull off of our last show. And, you know, I think it was a, a really strong match since it kind of got, you know, pulled back in you know, kind of done uh, somewhat that night, you know, we want to give them another opportunity to kind of add to it. And I think they uh, really feel like they can outdo themselves and they really just kind of scratch the surface of it. Uh, so I'm happy to get that match back in, uh, you know, Davian is the queen of chaotic, chaotic for a reason. And, you know, to give AG another shot for them to tear the house down, I couldn't be happier. The tag titles, uh, you know, I can give you a little spoiler here. The uh, the unit will be defending uh, their tag titles um, against both MSP and Love in the City, Love Doug and TJ Crawford. Uh, MSP will get the first shot against the unit uh, if they win. Then the unit will go on to face Love in the City. If MSP goes on to win, then Love in the City will get their uh, tag title shot against MSP. JT Dunn and his crew have been running roughshod uh, for way too long. So a little bit of a come at, uh, comeuppance for them. If they want to defend the titles, any one of them, well, any one of them can defend it twice. And then, of course, our, our Panoptic title. Uh, Becca's uh, opponent has yet to be named, but you can bet uh, the Panoptic title for sure will be defended uh, in Tuxbury as well. Awesome. So for all four title matches, and we really five title matches since the tags we defended twice. As a wrestler, how hard is it? Have you ever wrestled two matches in a night? How hard is it to yes. do that? Uh, I think the most I've ever wrestled is three uh, in a tournament once. It's tough. <laughs> it's definitely tough. It takes a wear, uh, you know, the wear and tear on you obviously adds up in a night. But, you know, it's, it's challenging, but it's also, uh, you know, it's challenging in a good way. It's, it can show you uh, different ways to, you know, work around things. Obviously, uh, if you have three different matches, you know, it's not the amount of uh, same amount of kind of preparation. Uh, you know, you have to have one match come back, somewhat stop sweating, catch your breath, get a drink of water, you know, and you might only have, you know, 20 minutes before your next one. And then you come back and then you have a third one. Uh, so it really tests your kind of... Uh, uh, creativity and extension of yourself and your, if nothing more your cardiovascular uh, conditioning uh, especially now that I'm getting older it's not something that I look forward to doing again but it's certainly you know uh, it's an experience for sure and it really tests your you know knowledge as a worker and what you can kind of uh, get through look forward to seeing uh, those tag teams do it and um, see how they deal with that uh, challenge I'm sure they'll overcome it greatly you just mentioned the panoptic title and that is a newer title. And um, can you just go through like, what's that all about? How the idea came about and um, the design for it too. It's a really interesting design. Absolutely. Um, so the panoptic title, uh, you know, somewhat uh, came out of uh, speaking out and, you know, things that kind of evolved from the wrestling business from there, uh, both here at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy and Chaotic, you know, that was something on the forefront and on uh, the front of my mind as we reopened the school and got the promotion uh, looking to start shooting Reloaded here at the school. Um, you know, we really wanted to make sure that, you know, both places were, you know, very inclusive and a safe place for, you know, everyone. Uh, as we started to kind of do that, you know, having people like Davian, Ava Everett, uh, Becca, Paris Van Dale, all on our roster, they kind of came to us and we were talking about the kind of plans that we were having. And, you know, we were all kind of sitting here discussing. And one thing that they felt very limited by was, you know, the fact that they can really only work women. Um, you know, again, we had a women's title. Uh, so, you know, by nature of the wording, you know, you're going to expect that you're going to see two women fight. 
the other titles, the chaotic uh, tag team titles had already been won at that point. They were actually currently being held by JT Dunn and Davian. Becca had challenged for the New England title at, throughout Reloaded. Uh, and the heavyweight title was then, you know, being contested with Davian and JT following that. So we kind of looked at those titles as really kind of already being non-gendered. And the women's title to us was really the one that was lagging. You know, that was the one that really was the only title left with constraints on it. And to the women's uh, credit, it was really their idea. Uh, he's been on a couple of our shows. His work name is Riddix. Uh, he comes by the school a lot. And he's a veteran from Puerto Rico. So he's very fluent in the Lucha Libre style. And uh, he had put on a series of kind of class matches here with Becca, and it somewhat got born out of that as well, seeing those two work together so well and have these great matches because Manny can, you know, do all these Lucha Libre things and Becca's so athletic and they just gelled so well together that we were talking afterwards and, you know, that's kind of how the conversation started was like, it's a shame that that match would never happen, you know, on a chaotic show. And that kind of just got the ball rolling of like, well, why the hell can it, you know, why can't we have, you know, that happen? And it's like, oh, I guess we could have it, but it wouldn't mean anything because it wouldn't be for a title, you know, and then it was like, well, why can't it be for a title? All those kind of conversations kind of came in and then, you know, we wanted to have uh, a title that was, you know, built around inclusivity and that, you know, again, uh, you know, people have asked us obviously since then, you know, like what separates this title? If anybody can fight for your other, you know, three titles, what makes this one special? Um, and the simple answer to that is representation is very important. You know, uh, the panoptic title, it's not just, you know, it's not just kind of like a, oh yeah, everyone can fight for this. No, that's, that's its exact point. It's why it's there. It's so that when that title is announced and held up high, that everyone remembers, you know, what we're trying to accomplish, uh, which goes into the design of the title. Um, you know, the, uh, including the different flags of the LGBTQ community, uh, that, not a lot of people are uh, aware of um, non-binary, uh, you know, bisexual, uh, the uh, standard rainbow flag that's so associated with the LGBT community. We wanted those front and present, you know, on the title again. Uh, so when it's held up before a match and showed to all four sides of the ring, it's right there in front of people's faces. It's not just a heavyweight title. It's not just another title. We want to kind of, you know, always be bringing to mention, you know, that kind of uh, situation, that this is about inclusivity. And it is important to talk about it. Again, representation is important. This is uh, what it represents. Obviously, you know, we kind of were, uh, you know, aware and knew, knew full well that there's bound to be some backlash. You know, people weren't going to understand, you know, which just kind of comes with anything, especially these days on social media. But, you know, uh, I stand by it. You know, I've had several fans, uh, you know, fans and even students uh, come up to me and message me afterwards. Uh, one of the fans that was in Lowell that night, you know, messaged me that she was dealing with, you know, some uh, identity issues and, you know, as, as uh, associates or identifies as non-binary. So seeing that, you know, just overfilled her with emotion. She was, you know, uh, crying at the show and she thought about it all night and just how important it was. Uh, and as I tell people, I mean, if if it was, if only that one person got reached, you know, by that title, and if that's where it stops, then I, I think it's already done its job, you know. Um, and I think, you know, again, we continue to see more and more people, you know, uh, on Twitter, you know, and just every other places when they see that title, like, oh, man, there's a title here for me now. Uh, and to hear those kind of reactions, you know, that 
completely drowns out any kind of the negativity. Um, you know, what we see the most is anyone who's being negative. They have no idea who we even are. They have no idea what our wrestling company is. They have no idea of our history. Uh, you know, it only takes two seconds to Google chaotic or the New England pro wrestling Academy. And we've launched more stars to the WWE than any school or promotion in the country. Uh, you know, and I'll keep saying that until somebody proves me wrong. Yeah, the resume speaks for itself. The focus on intergender wrestling and uh, representation, representation is extremely important. We, we see that uh, a lot of people do uh, learn a lot from wrestling. A, a lot of young, young viewers watch it, so a lot of people uh, are influenced in their lives by it and um, grow up on the lessons taught by it. So it is important to uh, spread good, uh, good messages. And that's what, you know, we had talked a lot about even just the naming of the title, you know, an intergender title. And, you know, obviously intergender always kind of brings up the Andy Kaufman kind of antics. Um, but what's important to us is actually, you know, again, it's the non-gendering of the title. You know, we don't have intergender matches. You know, we have wrestling matches. Uh, you know, a, a big part of the title is, again, it's, you know, wrestling shouldn't be judged by the, you know, by who the participants are should be done by the quality of the match of what they're having, you know, whether it's two women, whether it's a man and a woman, whether it's a transgender, you know, whoever's in there, they, you know, a match does not rely on any sort of uh, identifying piece of that person, be it racial, uh, you know, ethnic, uh, religious, or what have you, you know, what matters is the quality of the wrestling match and the story that they're telling. Great wrestling is great wrestling, and it'll transcend everything else. And to the other side, shitty wrestling is shitty wrestling. <laughs> I've had shitty matches, you know. We all do, and you know that doesn't and that has nothing to do with who I am. It's just the fact that the match sucked. That's fine. <laughs> we go on and we go on and uh, have another one and wash that out and keep on trucking. So you know, kind of to drop that kind of intergendered, you know, even title or like this is you know uh, a women's match and this is a men's match. We want to drop all that. All of our matches are wrestling matches between professional wrestlers. You know, who they are, you know, you can look at it as almost a bingo card. It's who drew who today. But, you know, those are the, uh, you know, factors. Styles make fights. Wrestlers make fights. Their gender is, you know, irregardless. Uh, I tried to go into watching some of your matches. And, and you were obviously all in complete awe and must have been so nervous to talk to a wrestler of my caliber. I understand. Trust me. I have to wake up with this all, every day. Oh, yeah. I was just freaking out. Uh, Shitting my pants out of nerves. Um, <laughs> but there was one match that uh, really caught my eye. And it is with um, Don, Donovan Dijic, who is now T-Bar, was Dominic Dijakovic. Um, it was that last man standing match you guys had. And uh, that was wild. And I think that's, I, that's like one of the only times I saw a trash can like split open. Like, was that, that's not planned, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, so uh, funnily enough, you know, uh, Dijak uh, and I worked a series of matches before that one. Uh, we had wrestled at Cold Fury. Uh, you know, he was the big dominant heel and I was the big time, you know, uh, baby face for the company uh went over the uh you know and won back the uh championship uh in our second match uh in the opening seconds you know i go to tie up with him and that big hoss picks me up and runs me into the turnbuckle and you know he kind of landed me high so the my lower back hits the top of the turnbuckle and as i hit 
I come back over the top turnbuckle and our posts are uh, square, but not square so that the flat side is at the back of the turnbuckle. There's actually comes to a point. So as I came around, my head, not very hard, but came just enough to hit the, the corner of the post right in the back of my head. And I didn't really feel it. Like I could feel I kind of touched something. And as I came back and landed on my feet, I could just feel this warmth like wrapping around my head. And then I looked down and it's pooling in blood. And I had opened a gash in the back of my head from hitting the post. And, you know, that, and again, it was the opening seconds of a match. Uh, you know, we must have wrestled for probably, you know, 10 to 12 minutes after there. So blood was just kind of flowing and pooling everywhere. Uh, took five staples uh, to close and, you know, then heal. Our next match then was that last man standing match. You know, there's no obviously no heat, uh, heat or bad blood, pun intended, uh, between us. Um, but as we're kind of going through the match, and I just took the trash can lid, we had used it before, and you know the steel kind of trash can as it hits can sometimes just get folded in such a way that those metal edges just become sharp. And again, I, it's not wasn't the uh, intensity in which I hit him with. Similar to when I hit the post, it was just hit it hit with just the right way and just caught him right on the head uh and oddly enough he had to get five staples to close that wound in his head so i i told him it was the perfect receipt <laughs> although unintended I, <laughs> no one was more shocked than me he kind of rolled out to the outside uh you know and i went peeked my head over i think you can kind of see it on camera at one point like i look and i'm like oh <laughs> yikes because it was you know the you know prototypical crimson mass i mean he was uh covered in blood uh his wife was none too happy uh <laughs> with us after that show i can imagine even watching the show i knew that that wasn't i'm like yeah that's not blading that's that that's no blading there that was natural that was open oh, no. you said your facial expression too and i noticed it too <laughs> i was like that's real <laughs> Oh yeah, no one was more. So I mean, he was maybe surprised, but I mean, I I, I didn't even know because again, it was just kind of like a harmless trash can shot. Uh, I had no idea until he just like looks back up at me and I just see his face covered in blood, and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was uh, early-ish in the match too, so if, like <laughs> I knew we still had some more time to go, and he was going to be bleeding for quite some time. But Dijak was always a great opponent. Uh, you know, I got to him when he was uh, really young uh, and still just kind of new. Uh, so it was, you know, re really uh, rewarding to work with, you know, I mean, uh, just kind of looking at the guy walking in the doors, you knew he was going to be, uh, you know, short-lived for the indie world and gobbled up pretty quickly. Uh, then combine that with his talent and his, uh, you know, intelligence, uh, he was able to pick up on so much, um, you know, I was probably 15, uh, you know, 12 to 15 years of experience at that point. But, you know, uh, being so big and just having all that kind of raw talent, he was just a sponge and, you know, never any sort of attitude or head about him. You know, he was always kind of, you know, just willing to kind of, uh, you know, go with the flow and kind of learn uh, whatever, you know, we were kind of going into, but still had his ideas to, you know, kind of play his part as well. Um, you know, after that kind of series of matches, we went on to have a bunch more, sometimes almost even like impromptu. Uh, you know, I think we probably had double digits worth of matches. And, you know, I would I would work with Dijak any day of the week. It's always a breeze. Makes sense. It seems like a lot of people like going back and like wrestling with him from just as a fan watching like the amount of series he has with guys that and he can keep having great chemistry with guys like uh, your matches and then on the and WWE, the classic with Keith Lee, seems like people love working with him. 
He, um, it's rare, you know, I mean, Keith Lee, and uh, I don't know him, I've ever worked with him, but I mean, you can just tell by uh, his style and stuff. I mean, being so big and so athletic, um, I don't mean this is a shot at most big men, but, you know, usually they're big and can kind of be lumbering. Uh, the two of them are both so big and so agile uh, and so just capable and talented to be able to do uh, so many different things that, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes like almost kind of like, you know, uh, like you can work a big man once. And then if you have to work, you know, have another series of matches, it's like, well, there's only so much I can do with this big guy that, you know, uh, you know, what, what can I really do with this guy? He's a giant. Um, but when you have somebody like Dijak who can do so much, you know, uh, you know, I, even after the 10 to 15 matches we've had, like we're still just scratching the surface. There's still so much more that we can do. So you, you mentioned his agility, and one thing I noticed in that last man standing match that I keep bringing up is um he had a moonsault onto you from the outside, and uh, he like landed like his torso on like the, the front like the yep yeah, lying the bar and kicked the fan's beer out of his hand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, did the, he did. Beer, did the guy come out after the show and be like, "Yo, you guys owe me a beer." <laughs> No, that that guy couldn't have been happier that he that his beer was the one that uh, Dijak kicked out of his hand. Um, it, you, if you might have noticed, they actually put it over on commentary. The owner uh, of Chaotic actually came out to ringside uh, at that point, and he actually we were going to do uh, some more things, and probably uh, we were planning to fight out into the crowd and onto the stage that you can see. Uh, and he came out and told us, "Absolutely not! Get your asses in the ring and end this match now." <laughs> Between the blood, uh, the blood, and then the dive onto the fans and onto the guardrails, <laughs> he had seen enough. <laughs> That's funny. I was actually that was going to be a later question. What, what was he saying when he came out? <laughs> I saw that. I was like, I'm just so curious because the commentators made out like. Uh, something unrelated to that i was like no nah, it's something about the match <laughs> what Believe they're it. doing i don't know if it's an exact quote uh but it was probably something like get the fuck in the ring and take it the fuck home <laughs> the final things questions to ask you are more so just um little fantasy booking scenario uh i'll give you two little scenarios one is um as a wrestler who would be a dream opponent that you would love to fight, wrestle? And um, the second one, as a promoter, as a booker, who? what's a dream match that you'd love to book, including want someone on your roster versus whoever you want? Ooh. Oh, uh, first one's easy one. My dream match would be uh, Shawn Michaels. He's my favorite wrestler and, in my opinion, the greatest wrestler uh, who's ever lived. So that would be uh, the one I wanted. As far as my roster, got to be Davey N. And maybe Davey N and Sean. <laughs> if, I can't do, if I can't have myself in there, probably Davey. Uh, and again, I mean, if, I'm, if I can book anybody I want, why wouldn't I book the greatest wrestler who's ever lived? Yeah, that... Uh, that's fair. And I mean, having HBK and both, that's, yeah. that's fair. Like you said, he's one of the best. It's debatable that he is the best. Um, uh, it's not very debatable. <laughs> you can, you can, you can make an argument. You'd be wrong, but I mean, you could make it. I won't, I, won't, I won't stop you from being wrong. I just like for people to be right, but that's, it's a personal choice that you're allowed to make for yourself. That's true. If our opinion's wrong, you still have our opinion.
that was gonna be my final thing, but we Dave Nian has come up a lot. I think we definitely need to talk about her. She is the face of your uh, company right now. She should definitely come up in conversation. So um, just let's just talk about her and the big plans for her. You have her uh, wrestling Anthony Green. Um, any any future plans for her and her title run? Oh yeah, we got some uh, bigger things coming up for Davey. Um, obviously, you know, it was a shame Paul London fell through. Uh, that was one I was really looking forward to see. I mean, speaking with Paul, it was something he was really excited to do as well uh, for one of his first matches kind of back uh, to taking bookings. Unfortunately, uh, he hurt, hurt himself. But, you know, uh, in speaking about Davey, I mean, she is, you know, again, not just a top female. She is one of the top wrestlers uh, in the Northeast and probably in the country. And I stand 100 percent behind that statement. Um, she comes from the same uh, lineage uh, as everyone else who's come through this uh, wrestling school and promotion. Uh, she is the next in line. She's the next, uh, you know, Carmelo Hayes, Christian Casanova, Dijakovic, Kofi Kingston. She's the next one. She's the uh, person who I think think is going to be again the person to carry the torch for uh new england pro wrestling academy and chaotic uh you know <laughs> if you meet someone who has ever wrestled her they will all have the same exact opinion um you know a worker of her caliber her caliber uh all it takes is having one match with her to know how good she is um you know she's had some experiences now with some uh aew and some other uh companies and you know uh everyone she hears from you know you can just kind of tell uh again i, I have the utmost confidence in her you know uh getting chaotic kind of back up and running after the pandemic you know there was really no other person in my mind to build around uh and build towards the heavyweight title Enorm enormous sense of pride you know uh to put uh the belt on her and i know just in talking to her again since she comes from the long line of kind of uh you know, chaotic people that she holds the title in the same regard, you know, uh, it's looked at as a big deal to her and even to, you know, the rest of the roster I've heard from, you know, Ivar and uh, Dijak and Christian, you know, and everyone who's kind of come before her, you know, they've all reached out to her and, you know, uh, mentioned to how cool it was and, you know, congratulated her for it. Um, you know, all those guys, uh, you know, Ivar was just back in town for Raw and came by the school because he wanted to see, kind of see everything. Um, you know, the, all those guys, they still kind of, you know, hold it, uh, hold in high regard, you know, both chaotic and that title because of everyone who's had it and what it's done for them. Uh, and, and, you know, again, that's why I couldn't, couldn't wait to add Davey's name to that list. Uh, I think we were about to see her, you know, skyrocket and become the, you know, the next star of this area, you know, uh, mark my words. Definitely really excited. Um, like I said, I do plan on coming to the Tixbury show. I can't wait to see what she does. And I can't wait to uh, see what she does just in the rest of her chaotic career and a wrestling career. I think that wraps it up. Thanks for uh, coming on. It was great chatting with you, Chase. Before hey, we no let work. you go, I just want to get my shit in. Um, <laughs> I never, I have never had the opportunity to ask a wrestler this question. What is it like to take a table bump? Um, it's not so bad. Uh, it's it's probably it's uh, the anticipation is probably worse than the uh, actual uh, bump itself. Uh, depending on obviously what it is uh, and where you're taking it and what you're going through. Typically, though, if it's a a good enough table, there's it's kind of like a Goldilocks and the Three Bears. 
too too soft and you split right through it like a knife through butter and then there's it's like it's not even there uh too solid and then you just kind of bounce off of it which is no fun but if it has just the right amount of give it actually does take some of the impact away so you're not really falling uh as hard um there's there's obviously different little sides of that too every table is a little bit different uh depending on how you land uh i actually uh oni lorkin is somebody uh biff busick who we haven't uh forgot to name uh i pile drove him off the apron through a table once and we went through it in such a way uh that the back of the table where it broke actually like smacked me in the back of the head as we went through it i i took the brunt of the beating uh biff was fine i had no idea what even like kind of like happened to me because the table just as it like broke and the back end came in like literally just like knocked me right in the back of the head. I was knocked a little bit loopy from it. So it's kind of those unforeseen uh, pieces of a table that sometimes you take for granted. Uh, we just wanted to say thank you though, Chase, for joining us here on top of the cage. It's been a pleasure having you. Uh, the stories you told, the praises you gave and everything else you talked about chaotic and the New England Pro Wrestling Academy in general. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Hey, no problem, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, for everybody listening, check us out. Uh, we'll be in Tuxbury as we've been talking about, Tuxbury Elks Lodge for a haunting in Tuxbury uh, next Friday, October 8th. Uh, and we'll announce right here, right now, uh, October 29th, we'll be debuting in Watertown at the Sons of Italy, another new building for us. Uh, actually, we have Fandango and Eddie Edwards confirmed. Again, this is breaking news just for you guys, so you guys can break it for us. We love that, and uh, those are great names eddie edwards the pride of boston impacts two-time uh, former impact champ and fandango who just charisma on charisma and just a wwe guy did you just call eddie edwards the pride of boston oh, i did how, oh how boston has fallen <laughs> that's just a joke <laughs> eddie's great Okay, well, that's that's it from Top of the Cage. Thank you, and uh, have a good night. Thanks, guys. I, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview we had with Chase DeMonte, um, talking about so much stuff, including their upcoming show in Tewksbury, Haunting in uh, Tewksbury. Uh, and also, he was gracious enough to give us, let us break some news about upcoming show in Watertown and the, their first show in Sons of Italy in Watertown. And it's going to include Eddie Edwards from Impact, former Impact World Champion, and Fandango, a WWE wrestler and an NXT Tag Champion, uh, ever so charismatic Fandango. Um, so definitely, if you live in New England area, make sure the drive to buy tickets to those at chaoticwrestling.com if you don't live in the new england area and you're international or another part of the country you can still watch the chaotic wrestling has a twitch follow them on twitch um in the week week after on the thursdays after their events they stream they start streaming their events in two parts two, so um for the tuxbury show the 16th will have part one will stream on Twitch, and then the week after part two will stream, and it will be the same format for the Waterton, Waterton show, Watertown show as well. That will have Eddie Edwards and Fandango. Uh, and th with the Tuxbury show, I do plan on going to that, so I'll definitely talk about it in the show. And um, 
yeah, this was a great interview. We hope to have um, Chase on again in the future and other chaotic wrestling talent and just other wrestling talent and names in the wrestling business in general. We, that was a fun interview. We want to have more interviews. We want to break more news. Let's get it. Top of the cage is just climbing to the top, all the way to the top. This is going to be a W cage. This is a really tall cage. And I want to ask wrestlers more questions next time. Definitely I'll not uh, walk all over you next time. <laughs> no. Like I said, I want to just get my shit in. I, I, the interview, as you guys just heard, was great. Again, thank you so much to Chase for coming, uh, taking some time after class too, by the way to uh, come talk to us. We really appreciate it. And like you said, uh, we had plenty of questions we didn't ask him that we had on our sheet, uh, you know, getting more into the actual Academy itself and promoting and booking. So, you know, we would love to have him back or any of his uh, students, other wrestlers on chaotic as well. And yeah, juice, you got anything else left for the people here? Yeah. Just some uh, social plugging on Twitter. Follow us at, top of the cage it's a capital t capital o capital t capital c underscore capital p o d so t it's top of the cage underscore pod t-o-t-c underscore pod and instagram it's lowercase all lower cases but it's t-o-t-c underscore pod make sure to follow us in both of those you know give us our takes on our episodes ask us some questions and the future for our interviews will We'll, I, I kind of wanted to make it a surprise, but in the future, we'll like, uh, we'll, we'll post, we'll say who we're interviewing beforehand and social, and then you can send in questions if you want. But I think I'm waiting until we get more of an engagement factor in our social media. So engage, because then you can send in questions, guys. That's important. Uh, engagement makes me happy. Hopefully, we get so much engagement that's mainly positive, and I can just ignore all the negative stuff because there will be negative. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it make the half the good engagement makes it worth it and debate is a big part of wrestling uh part of me wanted to debate uh chase's sean michaels not being debatable as the greatest of all time but the thing is i i don't think i can debate that because <laughs> i think i agree but yeah that's that's it on that thank you for listening uh keep on listening uh we're we're gonna keep going to the top of the cage that's it from us thank you <laughs>